1: Crazy ways are ever In the way you wear your coat. If I stay with you,
0: girl
2: Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute.
3: And I'm Dave Forsyth from,
1: uh, I don't know, let's say Rock and Roll High School Minute. And I'm Father David Mowry, chaplain of the Movies by Minutes community. Yes.
2: <laughs> All right, Father David uh, as our guest and, and, and Dave as our co-host. Father David, it's, you know I've, I've talked with you several times over the years now. <laughs> We've even guested at the same time, I think, on a show or two, and I think this is the first time. I don't think you were on Watchmen or... House
1: I did Aqueouser. not have the pleasure of uh, discussing deconstructionist superhero stories with you, <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
2: I'm finally glad I got you to be able to be on, on this uh,
1: on this one. Well, a pleasure to be here. Thanks yeah. so much for having me on.
2: Um, and Dave Dave is a returning, returning guest now, co-host. I forget if you're a guest then or not. There's no real responsibilities, so...
3: Yeah, I was gonna say I. I don't think I've
1: uh, done anything different. Yeah, (laughs) if you had
2: had that privilege. Um, So this is minute fifty-eight here this week, and it's starting with Russell finishing drinking a beer with acid in it, and ends with the partiers cheering for Russell. And probably one of the most striking things we hear right away, or we hear is you know this 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 primal yell from deep purple uh with their song burn um and and we're seeing uh russell like as i as i mentioned uh finishing drinking chugging this uh you know what we have nowadays is a red solo cup but this is a they they were calling it last minute this is supposed to be a you know this is a red cup and like Looks pretty much that way. It kind of looks like it has a little flowery thing on it too. But
1: also significantly bigger than modern red solo cups. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah both of these cups that he's holding. Yeah, he, when 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 he was told that the that the red cups with beer also have acid in it, <laughs> um, by by this guy <laughs> that's standing there um, with his hand out. Um, you know, he, he at first he looks down at his white cup. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Well, this is white. <laughs> it's like his first like you know it's it's weird that you'd have to look down to figure that out. But uh he, he immediately grabbed it, started chugging and you guys get to fi- see him finish. Hand it back too. Nice nicely, you know, but then he kind of gives a little nice nice uh slap punch to the guy's chest.
3: And he communicates a lot in his yeah. opinions of Topeka like right at that moment too because all he says is Topeka right and he slaps the guy in the chest and he it's it's hard to tell like exactly what he's saying there like in just the little intonations you can you can feel the sort of um the that he's thinks he's finding the authenticity that he's looking for from the youth yeah, of Topeka, right. right? Like he's like, mm-hmm. Topeka. Like like you'd say, like, <laughs> that's a solid group of humanity or something. I don't know. It, <laughs>
1: this is where you gotta... can
2: get real good beer with acid in it. <laughs> your right.
1: acid in your beer, that's real, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, he, I, I confess, my high school was, uh, well, my high school years, that is, we're, were pretty boring and tame. I wasn't, you know. Pretending to be an 18-year-old as uh, a journalist, following a, a mid-level band around the greater United States, and the parties that I had when I was in high school—that well, was mostly of the Dungeons and Dragons variety. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, when I heard that there was acid in the beer, like, okay, I know this is a drug thing, but everything that I've been told is at first, you know, you don't do drugs. But secondly, you don't put the two kinds of drugs together. Is this a thing that actually happens? I, I confess that I am I am young and innocent and, and unschooled in the ways of the world and I'm just I'm I'm horrified by the idea that someone would think to combine a depressant and a hallucinogen in the same container.
2: Yeah. Well well it's this kind of kind of major continuation of the old <laughs> kind of party trope of, you know, uh spiking the punch bowl with right. alcohol. <laughs> um and, and and that's that's something I, I would even confess confess that I'm awfully sure I haven't even ever had <laughs> happen to me or, or done done myself done done the spiking myself nor aware that it happened. At any kind of
3: party, yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen people mix their substances at parties um generally not in the same cup like that, but um i've I've seen it done huh. my my high school uh parties were you know I don't think any uh more exciting than yours, but um, you know, later in life, I think I saw parties where there were multiple substances being passed around, so.
1: Mm. It just shows his rock star experience. He shows no fear and slams yeah. that cup back.
3: I do like the sort of mixed concern, uh, the, the the comedic beat that comes from from William asking people to not give him any more acid, and then saying <laughs> thank you. Like his, <laughs> his very much uh, he's very reminiscent of his on-screen mother there i
1: think mm, yeah um the only example of parenting that he's had he has yeah. nothing else to draw on as a as a guide to follow in this instance
3: yeah it's 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 his reiteration of the don't do drugs or don't take drugs or whatever what exactly her line is that she uh, yells out the
1: car window but
3: you know that's this williams version of it
1: it's a little late but and William is, is now stuck in the unenviable position of being the responsible friend, because he's been sucked into this—well, not well, maybe that's not the right word, but he's, he's gradually being drawn into this friendship with Russell, specifically. And he's now in that awkward position where he doesn't feel like he's cool enough to party, but he also isn't good enough friends with Russell to tell him to, hey, man, knock it off. Stop it. Let's go home. So he's in this awkward middle ground where he has to try and manage everybody else to try and keep his new friends safe. So he has to be he has to play the part of the wet blanket.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was definitely going over that uh, the last minute or so um, with with uh, those guests uh, from a week or two ago. Um, that uh, you know, and 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 explaining. Hey, I mean, I myself have taken the role at times. Definitely not all the time. Throughout college, mainly is. My, the bu- big bulk of my partying experience but um you know and 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 i don't i don't even find it as, as the person we had on last week um actually uh, alan sanders he he was making a great point that um you know you know it's not it's probably not a good thing to indicate uh you know that that one needs to one needs to imbibe in order to uh have a good time at a party and i certainly i feel like i had plenty of good times while remaining pretty sober if not totally
3: <laughs> wonder how Lester Bangs would have treated this uh, this situation Ooh, yeah. right like he certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't have been friends with uh, with Russell but would would he have uh, encouraged this bad behavior to get a better story like if mm-hmm. if uh, if Russell had died, driving off of a well we'll talk about that later but if russell had died at some some version of this party you know would it what how much better of a story would it would that have been for him
2: yeah i think i think uh yeah when we get to that uh it's it's more likely that Lester would have been uh more in the camp of everyone else besides william seemingly
3: yeah yeah right Mm mm-hmm
2: um let, let me let me if if we're kind of moving on a little bit just um just like like i said that what really kind of starts out this minute for me um uh deep purple do either of you have a take on deep purple if you have any previous experience with with listening to any of their songs i mean i mean as as we said last minute you know i mean the 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 big one the huge song for deep purple is smoke on the water you know that's Father David, if since since we're in the green, I think room, I've heard of that song. Over, yeah, we're going over the uh, <laughs> the four bands, <laughs> preparing you for that uh, aspect later in this episode. Hopefully, um, uh, yeah, that's yeah. You you
1: you think you've heard?
2: Da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. I know. I'm I'm
1: kidding. Yes, I've I've heard that song. That's... I I wouldn't have been able to tell you the band that performed it. Oh, however, yeah, okay. yeah, that's a new one well, that, on that me. That is the
2: same band that you hear. Well, roughly it's. Now.
3: Yeah, I was going right. to say it's roughly yeah, the, the same band. I think bands. I think it's entirely different oh, yeah. members, but
2: yeah, that's very possible.
3: Because this is definitely it's... Coverdale era. Uh, so it, you...
2: yeah, Father David. There's so many lineup changes for this band. They even go into this nomenclature of Mark One and Mark Two and Mark
1: Three for, for all Oh these. my goodness! And, I mean, all up
2: to like seven or eight, if not more, maybe even.
1: Um, I've seen. Wow. Uh, raises the the ship of thieves question uh, how <laughs> how many members of the band change before it's an entirely new band <laughs> i <guess. laughs> that is a good point but yeah
3: i don't um i don't have a lot of opinions about deep purple um i it's always been one of those bands that just kind of like hangs out in the background of my classic rock knowledge like i i know they're there and i know some of okay. their songs and I, I clearly know that David Coverdale was in it at one point, um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's not um, it's not a band I don't think I've ever bought any music yeah. of. And if someone said, "Hey, Deep Purple's playing, let's go see them," I'd be like, mm, "I'm okay."
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I personally have one hand-me-down for my dad uh, album of theirs. Uh, um, the uh, I the I think it's uh, the Book of Taliesin. And it's, and it's kind of that you know, mid sixties, mid, you know, 67 ish, you know, yeah. I think is when that comes out and, and it's, it's got some, definitely some more folk, folky psychedelic versus this kind of more speed metal that I think we're hearing a little bit speed uh, metal-ish yeah. kind of feel to it. Uh, the song burn, um, and, and then besides that, you know, just, you know, picking up from the library, you know, like a best of or even like a box set even it might have been if I if I recall right. And giving a good listen or two to that and enjoying.
3: And I think Coverdale was sort of What's an early says? 70s addition to that yeah. band, right? That sounds right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, you know what, listeners? I know that free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Through the Pantheon Network and this show, Almost Famous Minute, at Adam and Eve, you get to select almost any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Just make sure you enter offer code AFMPOD at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. You can get a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And on top of all that, you also get six free spicy movies. Yeah, that's right, movies. I know you all like movies because you listen to this podcast about the movie Almost Famous. Finally, you also get free shipping. That's right. Can't do better than that. That's AFMPOD AFMPOD, at adamandeve.com. Just type in AFMPOD at checkout. It's all happening.
0: It's all happening. 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 happening.
2: um, and there was even a uh, speaking of what we're gonna come up with what I'm gonna bring in uh, here in just a moment uh, there was even a, a very small snippet of a deleted scene just it was just you know really just two words and and one of the or they, they were both uh, the the at one point uh, members and maybe, maybe of the era maybe 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 Coverdell is just a little bit later because it was uh, uh, Russell saying he was saying you know like jagger uh Richards or or making keith i think yeah is the way he put it but but then when the further deleted part he mentions to the two you know main you know roughly main the 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 at least as as far as like lead singer and guitar lead guitarist um blackmore and um uh i'm thinking it might be Gullen. but blackmore is the one that stands out for me richie blackmore um as the member of deep purple that uh is mentioned should you listen or, or or that is uh watch um and listen uh to uh the untitled uh, thia- uh director's cut which um brings me to what happens right after at the end of this part where william is asking for everyone at the party not to give russell more acid instead of cutting to what uh, you guys are are aware of um it cuts to a, a really looks like a garage, <laughs> you know, it's, there's even, there's, there, there's definitely like a, you know, workbench and stuff in the background and, and a fridge behind William and, and this, when it cuts over between these two, two really quick, uh, 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 shots. Um, it's, uh, Russell and, and one, one party goer, <laughs> um, in the garage actually doing the kind of garage band thing, a, a bit jamming out, uh, as well, you know, I guess, uh, I guess Garage Band jammed out in the garages but they also I think laid down some tracks sometimes and practiced plenty that's for sure. Um but but the crazy thing is Russell is on the drums in this little very quick snippet um and it and it's and it's an okay sound it's very it's kind of weak especially from the this 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 one uh party go par, party goer um playing a guitar that's it's not—it's not being amplified very well, or, or the right distortion—not—not—not not, not very good distortion technique, <laughs> effect is, is is being applied.
1: Well, really, we expect we expect more from the musicians of Topeka, Kansas. Yeah, right. right.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Coming from such a venerable <laughs> line of garage band musicians, really, they <laughs> should have this distortion thing figured out already. Especially since Russell Moore can drop by at any moment. <laughs>
2: Um, and then, like I said, it just you know cuts over to William taking notes in his little, little, uh, little flip notebook thing. Very, very quick. Just like three or four seconds probably is all it takes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's 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 a worthwhile cut, especially you know maybe since it's it's possible maybe there's some kind of rights to whatever kind of song might be being played, being being poorly covered, or maybe it's maybe it's maybe it is an original
3: by this kid party goer. I think the uh, the comedy from this scene, like I think this minute is is probably packed with the most amount of jokes yeah. per minute in this movie. Wow! Yeah. But uh, you know, the, I think the quicker cuts between <laughs> seeing Russell take the acid and seeing the effects of it. Yeah, because uh, yeah,
2: then the very next thing yeah. that, that you guys are aware of is is uh, the cut to back, kind of to the living room, and and Russell is doing the the kind of pogo dancing (laughs) with no one else doing it. You know, everyone else is kind of doing more of the sway. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) And I actually noticed that from the the, uh, shot with William at the doorway, the girl that's behind him there is actually the girl that's in front, somewhat in front of Russell trying to dance with him while he's he's pogoing.
3: Mm, Yeah. She's kind of got the,
2: the grayish, mostly grayish dress, but this white... Thing uh, in the front yeah. with the white collars, white coll-
1: collars. Which uh Father David, you would know about white collars. Um. <laughs> yeah, mine don't look uh <laughs> like that though. I think uh she looks a lot better in that collar than I would.
3: <laughs> it's got a it's got a retro look going on. It actually looks
1: what
2: what it reminds me of is the, the thing that you know the, the the funny guys in, you know, T V shows and movies would wear underneath a jacket. You know, a blazer jacket they would wear you know like just just this partial thing of a shirt with the collars a dickie <laughs> just yeah, just going shirt down front. so far with a tie you know
3: that's known as a but, dickie but no sleeves oh it is mm-hmm. is that what a dickie
2: is i never knew what a dickie was <laughs> yep. i'd hear about it and it's like is that what is that what are they talking about okay no. not that um, and, and, and the song was playing here. It's, it's pretty quick. It, it sure does cut away, but it's kind of more in the background after, I think when it cuts over to William, but it's, uh, it's, it's one of the Stillwater songs. It's, uh, one of these, uh, made up just for this movie songs, uh, m- probably mostly by Peter Frampton, a good bit also by, uh, Nancy Wilson, um, at the time Cameron Crowe's wife,
1: hmm. um,
2: member of heart, um uh you know they, they worked a lot together i think to to create some some decent songs but this is probably one that's that's i think that's probably you know good that they kind of had it at this level without you know no you know without it being used on stage like the couple other times that we've had that
3: happen right it gives it a little so, more um it makes it feel more more in the zeitgeist of the 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 time, right? Like that, there would be Mm -hmm. kids listening to it at a party. I mean, sure, they may have put it on just because the guitar player from that band was there, but Mm -hmm. still, it's on. Somebody owned the Stillwater album at that house.
1: (laughs) Well, you would hope so, isn't it? They invited him to come to the party. (laughs) Yeah, and they were there at the concert, right? Yeah, some of them, anyway.
2: Yeah, I think that's the idea back from those minutes uh, when when they kind of yeah get brought over to this house party that. The guys that pull up in a van were, were just at the concert that uh, Russell and William were leaving uh, the backstage from.
3: Do you think maybe Russell brought a box of records with him oh. to try and sell? Like, here you go, kids. Give me give me six bucks or whatever an
1: album cost. And yeah, you're very real, and your money, your money is very real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why don't you show me how real your money is? Here, I'll t- I'll take it, and you can have this record. What size? Is it? What's your t-shirt size, kid? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> they got a whole box yep. of t-shirts
2: they got on load <laughs> yeah. now well that's right and and william does have one <laughs> with him
3: <laughs> oh yeah right in his bag he,
2: mm-hmm. he stole he stole that the, the one that was displayed on the chair but uh yeah and that that's the thing though is that uh, clearly uh, uh russell couldn't bring anything like that he, he clearly was carrying carrying nothing <laughs> with him <laughs> walking down the street and, but, um, so, so we hear, you know, William with a little bit of a voiceover, you know, saying, Dick, Dick, I got him. You know, that's, and that's their manager played by, uh, Noah Taylor. Um, we don't hear any back. Like you often, you often might, <laughs> even though, yeah, even though yeah, very <laughs> subdued.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who called who in this situation? Yeah. I was thinking yeah.
3: about that. Cause how,
1: like w- the, the, if, if William
3: called Dick, there's five minutes of you know him calling you know whatever hotel they're staying at trying to track yeah. him down and blah 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 and um, if dick called william like that's a whole other how that, in
1: the world did he find him yeah dick is the new sherlock holmes <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs>
1: of Topeka, yes, kansas
2: it's, it's not it's not the current the current day way way we get in touch with each other with uh cell phones that uh this is a what what is known as a landline, kids.
1: What are those?
3: <laughs> Something that sailors use, I think, right? To call back to home. <laughs>
1: I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. It must it must be that William called Dick in this scenario. Yeah, I would think but, so. But but the "I got him" line makes it seem like the other yeah. way around. That Dick is actively looking for Russell, and yeah. he had the brainwave to try and track William down. <laughs>
2: What if William called and actually did talk with someone else though first, and then told and told them what number that he's at? Okay, and so then Dick calls back.
1: Yeah, like left a message saying, "I'm with Russell mm-hmm. here. We're at this house. This is the number." And if you, do you, is he still there? Do you have him? Yeah, I got him. Yeah. He is on acid though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this this poor kid.
3: Well, it certainly wasn't his mother that he called to tell. That he's at an acid party in Topeka.
1: Well, maybe that was the first phone call he made. He did promise her two phone calls a day. That's, that's true. And maybe it's you know either it's the first phone call of the day because it's after midnight, or it's the, you know, her his last possible chance to get it in before the clock ticks over. Right.
2: Well, I mean, was I mean, say it's eleven p.m. Yeah. and this is the first phone call. So, she, mm-hmm. so he says, um, "I'm going to hang up now and call you back." Yeah. <laughs> like this make uh, us get, have the, uh get 50,
3: 59 minutes to call you back
2: yeah mm. um so william's great you know, like like you're mentioning dave the, the the jokes in this minute you know <laughs> uh william's saying how do you know when it's kicked in
1: yeah <laughs> oh that edit Mwah. that uh. is a perfect edit yeah this movie, this movie is full of those kinds of cuts and I love it for it. It's it's one of my, my favorite cinematic jokes is the Gilligan cut. Like, Oh, well, there's no way I'm wearing that dress and you know, dancing the hula and then hard cut too. Wearing the dress and dancing the hula.
2: Yeah, so so what we are talking about is is very much something that uh, you know, gosh is in the trailers and has used and everything and I even used it at the end of the show. <laughs> uh this uh the little bit of audio of of, of uh Russell exclaiming, I am a golden god. From the uh, top of the roof of this house, uh, above a pool. So, gee, I wonder what's going to happen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I do have a similar note, but I think it might be for, for, for later. But, yeah, like no, no one climbs a roof that near a pool without the intention of jumping. <laughs> Certainly not
1: if you're a rock star. Oh, yeah, no.
2: Um, he even repeats the line.
1: Well, the crowd's going nuts for yeah. it. Yeah, we got all all these teenage kids eating out of the palm of his hand.
3: He's playing to a very uh, um, raucous audience. You know, he know he knows who's there.
1: Right, <laughs> well, I'm surprised at how organized it all is because it must have taken him several minutes to work his way up to the roof, and someone had to go inside the house and get everyone outside. Yeah. gather them all around the pool. Yeah, yeah and
2: there, there's not a clear, you know, the way you might get off, get up on roofs. Sometimes, you know, is actually like a lower roof, you know, with uh, you know some structure, you know, to the side of 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 a, of a roof that's like above a, of a garage or something, you know, mm-hmm. a window with a window right there. Um. So yeah, the, definitely the uh, maneuvering. It doesn't seem like that's the case. I don't see. I don't feel like I see anything. I've seen anything else nearby in any of the shots
3: whoever told all the kids to come out and watch russell jump into the pool was smart enough to turn on all the floodlights yeah turn on the lights in the pool and i mean not clean the pool but that's you know
1: (laughs) well you got russell hammond on your roof you gotta make sure he's well lit (laughs) that's right that's
2: right well you know how how important is is it to clean the pool if, you know, if it's the fall that'll kill you. <laughs> is, is, is it the sub, <laughs> subsuing death or, or subsu, uh, subsuing a disease from any
1: any well, uh, you, uh, awful bacteria?
3: You could choke on a leaf, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's whatever happens to your skin after mm-hmm. you're inside that water because, oh, that pool looks nasty. There's all kinds of things growing in there. Ugh.
3: Yeah, it's not just that it hasn't been like swept of debris. It it definitely has its own ecosystem going on in there. <laughs> and
2: then that might be the uh title for the episode. <laughs> um so and William says uh hey Russell, don't jump, okay? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, right. That's going to do it.
1: <laughs> Asking Perfect. him not to jump. Problem solved.
2: <laughs> you the one you the one person, everyone else. Now that's that's another thing though. Is is that uh, you know, I've said I've talked about everyone seemingly wanting him to jump, but there's some shots, though, when, when it's uh, from Russell's, you know, just behind Russell's point of view, especially like way over on the left, there's like one guy with uh, with a white T-shirt on and his hands in his pockets. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like he's doing much of the clapping or yelling.
3: Well it's a high school party Everyone's yeah. I mean like A full two thirds of the audience Is probably too cool To like even look at anyone else Oh so. uh, yeah.
1: whatever I could climb a roof And yeah. say I'm a golden god <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: not such a big deal This famous rock star guy I jumped off of that roof Three times last summer
1: <laughs> No one made a big deal About it then Whatever I'm, I'm the, the one that gave him
2: an, The idea of going up there Yeah <laughs> I told him how I did it Last summer <laughs>
3: I mean, do you think Williams, I saying like don't jump? I mean, obviously that didn't give him the idea of that, right? I mean, nobody, like I said before, nobody climbs up there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> with a, it's like the old, uh, you know, the like fake taboo about not asking a a depressed person if they have a plan to harm themselves, right? Uh, Russell's
1: might, the one talking about last words, so yeah. I think Russell's mm-hmm. got it in his head that he's going to do something incredibly stupid. Yeah.
3: I think that's probably true.
1: Well, and that's that's
2: something I wanted to say about uh, about Golden God. You know, it almost
3: seemed like that could
2: have been his last words, but then he continues talking and he's talking about. <laughs> you can tell Rolling Stone magazine my last words were. So it, it apparently, he really doesn't want. He, he thinks that those aren't those aren't good enough to be his last words.
3: Why? Why does he use the phrase "my last words"? Though, I mean, does does it does this seem like a a life ending? moment for anyone i i guess i don't or as you mean my last words on this topic are you know it doesn't it's not really the the vibe he's giving off but
1: the last thing i have to say about being on this roof is that (laughs) i'm on drugs (laughs)
3: yeah exactly and rolling stone needs to know about it
1: no well we hear uh in future minutes he when he's being control- cajoled to come back on the tour, that oh no, the band's over. So he's he's in this mental state of coming to terms with the the band not being this cohesive unit of the the, the tension and the conflict, and he's got this idea rattling around somewhere in his head that his his world is over. He's looking for something more real, something of substance, and. That's coming out in this talk about last words, maybe. Mm, sure. Yeah, yeah, it could be his last words before he quits the band,
2: F- fully and in- fully and formally quits, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it would would almost seem like you know they left on some bad terms and so forth. But
3: there is that yeah. sensation, yeah.
2: Um, uh, the, the, the party goers definitely really love that (laughs) possible last words of I'm on drugs. And, uh, it's funny
1: how you, you know, you, you say something that stupid, it's going to get such a big reaction from a crowd of people around you that, that rings true from my experience of high school. It was always the person who had just done the bold thing to get everyone's attention. And it was just always a hoot when they said something really dumb. (laughs)
2: I thought you were going to say rings true from being on all these movies by minute podcasts <laughs> people,
3: no people I wouldn't say that Stupid. this is all intelligent conversation Eric Exactly. This yeah. is
1: highly sophisticated commentary <laughs> on the cinema
3: well, I do think that Billy Crudup's acting job um, uh, acting of a, as a person on mind altering yeah. substances is really pretty great here it's it's much more subtle than your than like your W. C. Fields uh, red nosed drunk or your uh, you know your hiccupping Jack Tripper kind of um, thing. I, I think there's a lot of um, motion and and um, pantomime that he's doing that that indicate a, yeah. a big lack of inhibition and his yeah. some vocal intonations that he takes when he says Rolling Stone magazine and you know when he says I'm on drugs. It's it he, you know it's clearly Different, like this is not the Russell we've seen before, but it's it's not super subtle, but like it's I think it's I think it's well done. It's not it's not campy and over the top, even though it is. He is standing on a roof, proclaiming himself a golden god, but it's
2: it's it's some it's some movements that are uncool. I think you know that are uncool, but you know by him doing it, it makes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, cool. I, you know, I don't yeah. know though. Like the, in this minute, one of the notes I made is that Russell <laughs> equals huge dork. Yeah. William is cool, not not in the rock star sense of cool, but in the sense of keeping a level head, not yeah. being swept cool, up, cool, calm and, and collected. Yeah, cool, calm and collected. But but Russell's been kind of a dork yeah. in this yeah. minute. You know, the the jumping around and spinning while he's on the dance floor. Uh, you know, making those big exaggerated hand motions uh, while he's up there on the roof. Dave, uh, the thing that as you were talking about uh, Billy Crudup's acting here reminded me of uh, going through uh, some, some workshops when I was doing theater in high school. And, and one of the, the materials we had to read uh, to read said, the reason people get drunk in a play is for one reason only, to lower their inhibitions. That yeah. is why yeah. those people drink as a character in a show because the uh, in narratively speaking in terms of drama, alcohol and drugs and those other things are in there in order to open up new avenues for the characters to explore, to to find a way to get over any kind of emotional roadblock or something else that's going to prevent a narratively interesting dynamic to come about unless the the story is about, the struggle with addiction itself Uh, sure so in in, when when the story's not about addiction itself in this case it's just showing russell kind of having a bit of that rock star coolness stripped away a little bit uh, as he's having this mini existential crisis as he's looking for reality in topeka kansas uh we see him as kind of a doof well
3: and how many other minutes do we see him stop himself or criticize himself for thinking he said too much and, and bottling up and yeah. here, you know, <laughs> clearly he's crossed that line. So yeah, that's, that's, that's really what, what, and, uh, and,
1: and having really nothing to say. Oh yeah. Well, that's I a good point. Drugs.
3: <laughs> all of his inhibitions are gone. And that all he, that's all he can say. Yeah. State,
2: yeah states <laughs> the simple fact that it's obvious to everyone.
3: <laughs> well, that's authentic. That's what you're in Topeka for. <laughs> Not to you know further exacerbate the uh, urban-rural culture war that we all seem to find ourselves in, but you know, I, I don't know how cosmopolitan the the city of Topeka is. I mean, clearly the appeal of partying with teenagers would wear off on uh, <laughs> on Russell fairly quickly, but he he's certainly living the life right now, so
1: just soaking it all in. Yeah, uh, it was what was incredible to me as I was looking at all the crowd shots. These. The the actors they got do look like high schoolers. Yeah. It does not look like a uh-huh. crowd of twenty somethings like, oh yes, they're all in high school, of course. Like, no, these these look like babies as you know, a lot of high school kids look to me now. As the older I get, I realize, oh man, did I look like that? Did I look like a little kid? Oh no, I wasn't as cool <laughs> as I thought I was. Especially this uh this uh, one kid they they cut to uh, over this this minute and the next one. Yeah, with the long hair uh, on either yeah. side and the round face. So they, he's pumping his looks... fist
3: with a cigarette in, in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean,
2: well, he's the great one that, uh, you know, I think for next minute that uh, gives a pretty good expression <laughs> and, 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 and re- reaction, you know, to mm-hmm. Russell's second
1: try. <laughs>
2: <laughs> at uh, last words.
1: No, he's, he's pretty pumped about, uh, about I'm on Drugs. You think that's yeah. pretty rad.
3: <laughs> I think that maybe that kid might be on drugs, too. No. <laughs> Probably not.
2: Yeah, and he was definitely in earlier scenes, too. He was like one that was sitting on the floor listening to Russell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And 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 William, we end the minute with William saying, "Russell, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll come back next minute.
1: I think, we'll <laughs> I think, therefore I am." Yeah. He's getting all Cartesian yeah, on exactly. him, He's trying to confuse him with philosophy.
3: <laughs> have you? Uh, have either of you ever heard um, any of the comedian Bill Hicks do his bit on LSD?
1: Not on LSD, but about lSD <laughs> <laughs> i' am, I am not familiar with the work of bill hicks
3: well he he was a proponent of um the psychotropic substances to I believe the phrase he used was squeegee his third eye <laughs> um, but hmm. the there's a a bit that he talked about uh, about some of the the reasons that people would tell their kids not to do drugs were things like they tell him a story about a, a person who took acid thought he could fly and jumped out of the you know 30th floor window um and his his lesson from all that was that the person who takes acid and tries to fly from the top of a building is kind of a dumbass like you know the ducks don't take an elevator to the top of the building to to try and fly they 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 take off from the ground it's like so if you know the the people who Take acid, stay on the ground, and try to fly from there. Are the people who you know get the the benefits of, of uh, you know expanding their horizon, their, their their you know whatever? There's, um, you know what I'm saying? Expanding their thingy, <laughs> right? Mm. <laughs> <No> <laughs> um, thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's it's the uh, the people who think that they have to fly from the top of a building, like say you know a garage or a pool house or whatever. Uh, in this instance, that are doomed to failure. So it's much funnier when Bill Hicks says it. Trust me.
2: (laughs) Well, um, do either of you have
1: any more thoughts before we move on to the next part? Nothing for me. Oh, You can tell uh, Rolling Stone that uh, my last words were, uh, those are all my notes for this minute. (laughs) (laughs) No, Father David, don't jump. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay oh
2: all right thank you well uh, uh definitely as something last we need from you uh, father david um uh, as i mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago um the four bands that are considered to make up the band stillwater mm. um are uh, Almond brothers eagles led zeppelin and leonard skinnard are you are you gonna? I'd like you to, I'd like you to rank them, please, for your mm. own personal take. Uh, whatever you might know or not know, or, and and are you gonna go from favorite to least, or least to? Uh,
1: I'm I'm going to rank them in in order of uh, overall familiarity. Um, <laughs> so, because I so most most I, familiar. Yeah, from most from most familiar to, to least familiar. As I was mentioning in the green room, most of my familiarity with classic rock comes through listening to uh, my parents revisit the rock albums of, of their high school and college years, which falls right in this yeah. 1970s era. So uh, I was very familiar growing up with uh, bands like Boston and Steely Dan and uh, other uh, standbys of that era. Um, so the most familiar band on this list is the Eagles uh, had uh, a lot, a lot of time I spent as a kid listening to hotel California because it meant something. I didn't know what, but it was just so important. Um, that I remember listening to that a lot and listening a lot to Desperado and um, then next would be led zeppelin and led zeppelin was something i appreciated as i got older uh here in chicago we have uh a classic rock station the drive uh wdrv and i went i when they would play songs they would have a minimal commercial presence so they would have these big blocks of music and in doing that i i heard a couple led zeppelin songs and appreciated um the influences of uh the blues that they brought back into their music and i could hear the musicianship especially in uh the the, uh, the guitar lines and you know found that to be really engaging i never listened to any of their albums just what i heard on the the classic rock station yeah, sure. um then Leonard Skinnerd and Almond Brothers band are definitely names of bands that I've heard before, (laughs) but I am hard pressed to to come up with any music. um, Yeah, uh, and
2: they're they're the two that are the considered, uh, you know, Southern rock. You know, not country rock so much. Eagles is definitely more country rock, in my opinion, is the way I've I've always kind of thought for Mm -hmm. quite a while. But uh, southern rock, meaning I mean, definitely, 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 with Almond Brothers a bit more blues. But, okay. Um, and Leonard Skinner leans on the southern part <laughs> a bit more mm-hmm. than Almonds do.
1: But, so, how, how does their yeah. sound compare to, to Creedence Clearwater? Is that oh, I'm more familiar with? That's
2: not a bad comparison to make. I mean, it's I think Creedence has that more garage band feel. Okay. Um, whereas. Now, now there's definitely one song, Credence song that I love. Uh, that's that's the the jam, the jam song. That's the the cover, um, um, uh, Grapevine. I heard it through the Grapevine mm-hmm. of theirs. But um, you know, and that's but but that's definitely what almond brother, almond brothers, very much, a, very much a jam band of the Grateful Dead and Fish variety, kind of.
3: Yeah, that, I think that's a good description. If you sort of. Um... Take the uh Grateful Dead and you know dip them in chicken fried steak batter yeah. <laughs> um,
1: mm, sounds delicious yeah that's
3: you get the Elmond brothers
2: and and Skinner they just have those uh they're, they're a couple of their goofier songs I mean one one I definitely I, I hear it on radio I, I just love I just love it it's it's so corny but but there's definitely the the bigger ones that are um you know very popular and are yelled out at concerts the freebird you know. But the, the Skinner song I was tar- oh, starting to mention
1: are the, the Freebird uh, band. Yeah, right. Oh. Uh, that the, the Give Me
2: Three Steps, you know.
1: Okay. Right, so. All right. Okay. So, yeah, I've heard a couple of their songs. Yeah. I just – I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to name them <laughs> as being done by Leonard Skinner.
3: It all comes together here.
1: Yet another reason why I was not a 15-year-old journalist uh, following a rock band <laughs> around the country. If you
3: were a 15-year-old journalist, what would you have been covering?
1: Oh, boy. What would 15-year-old Father David have been covering if he was a journalist? Because I did flirt with the idea of being a newspaper reporter. I think as a lot of kids do, because there's something romantic about getting after the truth and getting the story. Um, I would have been happy to... I try my hand at anything, uh, just to have a chance to have a platform and to, and to do some writing. Um, what was always interesting to me when I was 15, I was really fascinated by, uh, by literature. Um, I really enjoyed my, uh, English classes and, uh, was always trying to write poetry or short stories or something. Um, so as a, as a journalist, being able to interview authors and writers would have been really interesting. Um, same thing with theater. I was, as I mentioned, I was really active in theater when I was in high school. So to, to do reviews of plays or shows would have been, uh, really fascinating. Um, the The problem would have been my crippling social anxiety. Uh, I, I would have been, if I had been in the situation that William is in in this minute, I would just be a total mess. I would be a puddle on the floor uh, because I would have been so hyper aware of the unusualness of the situation and just constantly thinking about what could go wrong and uh, been completely useless as not just a responsible friend but as a human being in a situation mm. <laughs> that situation not, not have been as cool and collected as as William is as he's saying don't jump
2: yeah yeah he he does, he really does do a pretty good job at you know trying to keep things together and not go too far off the rails but mm-hmm. but he does kind of fail at that though too as <laughs> as we're seeing here at the end of this minute and definitely into the next one or two um, yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, uh, your, your take on stuff there, Father David, I love that. Um, and uh, uh, at this point, uh, you can, I think you can both uh, do some quick plugs, and we'll definitely get find out more from you in the following minutes. But, uh, David, if you'd like to go first. Dave?
3: Oh, sure. Um, I, I would say uh, come find me uh, mostly on the Facebooks uh, for Rock and Roll High School Minute. Um, search for, for that and we've got a, a group called Hey Pizza that's out there if you want to join and listen. The podcast is not publicly available yet because I'm terrible at scheduling things, uh, but um, it, it should be available soon if you're interested in uh, the cinematic life of the Ramones.
1: And you can find me at my website, fatherdavidmowry.com. That's M-O-W-R-Y dot uh, There, I have a section there that has all of my uh, podcast appearances on the various movies by minutes shows. So if you uh, want to hear me uh, hold forth on uh, Star Wars or Indiana Jones or the movie M.A.S.H. or Mean Girls, uh, boy, have I got some episodes for you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's been great uh, hearing hearing uh, you both on uh, a variety of shows. guesting on and and hopefully hopefully one day you, you can uh, get your own uh, movie by minute show going. Maybe.
3: Hmm? Uh, who are you talking to? Because that, that can could well, apply to <laughs> That's right, Yeah.
2: Well, uh, da- I know I know Dave has his couple. I, I'm working up. on it. I'm working
3: yeah, on know. it. <laughs> He's doing, Another, you're yeah. doing a great job, Dave. Thank you. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, because that's, that's the only place I've heard you, Dave, is, is on <laughs> guesting as well, on, on the other shows, and guesting with you. There you go. Um, as well as being a guest on uh, one of my other shows, uh, Feels Like Weezer. You're on that a bit. was a good you. time, yeah. Appreciate it. And, um, and, and actually, Feels Like Weezer and this show are both on the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can find a bunch of other uh, great uh, uh, podcasts about rock and roll um on that network at pantheonpodcast.com um and I think I just want to uh, point out uh you know if you have any uh anything more private that you want to send into the show uh you can contact me via the almost famous minute uh email address at almost famous minute at gmail.com um and of course there's always twitter and facebook and you can private message those possibly (laughs) at our various uh, social media locations. Um, So, yeah, thank you both, uh, Father David and Dave, for being on. Uh, Hopefully you can make it back for uh, next week, uh, Minute
1: 59. Oh, absolutely. I got to see Russell climb responsibly down from the roof of this building. I just need to know if everyone's going to be safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Safe down here on the ground.
3: Yep. Um, So
2: thanks so much, and we'll be back uh, with Minute 59 next week. Until then. It's all happening. It's all I'm on drugs. Oh, wait, no,
3: it's all happening. Sorry. <laughs>
2: Crazy.
0: Yeah. I am a golden god! Yeah!
1: Yeah! yeah! And I was born in the backseat of a brown bus, rolling down Highway 41. You know, the
3: queen of hearts is always your best bet.